everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. We're back for week 24. It's the almost almost the end of the season, and we've finally got uh, intro and outro music. Um, so we're excited about that. Uh, pulled that together today, showed it to both Wyatt and Justin. Wyatt has uh, a, a small reservation about it, but otherwise it's thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I Wyatt... just had to give Hart- Karsten a hard time about the fact that there wasn't any LeBron announcement uh, in the in the background of the music there. Yeah, it, it's a good I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind of like, oh, should I include LeBron? But um, we also had Gar heard. So, you know, when the the overall idea is we're going, you know, starts from early NBA history. We're going to more modern day. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. So we're going to have that. Um, beginning of each episode and we also have a, a short tune that'll play out at the end so um, we're excited about that but again we're back um, week 24 second to last week of the NBA schedule um, we're on a, our Monday show March uh, 27th of 2023 um, I I of course am your host Karsten and I've already said his name but I'm joined by my Monday co-host and good friend Wyatt um, apart from your LeBron issues, how are you doing today, Wyatt? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. And I, in all honesty, I do really like the intro and outro. Uh, I think they add the professional level podcast quality that we <laughs> aspire to. There we go. We're getting closer every day. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just by millimeters, we're yep. getting there. So <laughs> next, next is uh, commercials, and I think we'll be set. <laughs> if we can get commercials, then we'll Sponsors. be going. Because yeah. then, because then we can actually be making some money doing this. But yeah. uh, we'll have to see, you know what, uh, what the future is for that. But yeah, great to be back. Um, let's go ahead and dive into it here um, with our five on five drill again. If you're new to the show, basically instead of wrapping up every single game from this weekend's action, um, which depending on the weekend could be upwards of 20, 30 games. Um, we instead focus on uh, five key games um, that were the most noteworthy. However, I, we're going to cheat a little bit today and I'll get into that in just a moment, but let's go ahead and start with the first game. Uh, we're coming, we're starting with Friday's action and this was the Dallas Mavericks losing at home to of all teams, the Charlotte Hornets, one seventeen to one oh nine. The Dallas fans were booing the Mavericks' effort. It was a whole ordeal, and you know, post game press conferences, uh, Jason Kidd said it was you know he didn't blame the fans for booing based on the Mavericks' effort. I mean, um, the only time the Mavericks led in this game was at the very beginning of the game, um, and then the Hornets led th- for most of the way. Mavs tried to make a comeback in their early fourth quarter, but uh, uh, didn't really pan out. Um, for the Mavs, they were they they had Kyrie back. They had Luca. Um, both played pretty well. Luca with thirty four points, ten rebounds, and eight assists. Kyrie with eighteen points, nine rebounds, seven assists. Um, however, both of them struggled a bit from the floor shooting percentage wise, especially Kyrie Irving. Uh, less than 40% from the floor altogether, um, 12% from three, one of eight, and Luca was two of nine from three. So some struggles there. Um, they got some support from Dwight Powell and Christian Wood, each with 14 points. Um, but the Hornets uh, just playing a little bit harder, you know, um, 
28 points from PJ Washington. He led them in scoring, followed closely by Gordon Hayward and his 25 points. They had five other guys in double figures scoring and Nick Richards starting at center collected 11 rebounds. Um, Wyatt, let's park on this one for just a moment. Um, is It's very early still, you know, and with these things we've commented on the past, it might take some time, but I personally, maybe you can dissuade me out of this or say, hey, you're kind of on the right track. I'm concerned that this Mavericks team is having issues like this where fans are booing and there's, you know, uh, issues of effort with the Kyrie equation. And I don't want to place that all on him because obviously it's a whole team thing. But, you know, when the guys bounced around to a couple different teams and there's been team issues, does that start to become a narrative or am I maybe overreacting to this? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, I don't know if it's something that I can say definitively yet, but I don't think you're off by saying it, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that is very likely a factor and, you know, it may be, kind of the downfall of the Mavericks in the next, you know, year, year and a half until Kyrie bounces around somewhere else. But um, (laughs) I'd like to say that I hope it's not. And I hope uh, that this last week of the Mavericks totally falling apart was some sort of fluke. But, you know, I would I would probably edge on the side of saying, yeah, Kyrie's kind of a got some issues going on and a bit of a, a cancer to teams right now. Right. Well, and that's, it's unfortunate, right? Cause we don't really ever want to see that, but every so often we have guys like that, you know, at one yeah. point, at one point that was a narrative with Jimmy Butler for a couple of seasons, but then yeah, since, since he's been with Miami, it's worked out well. And Miami, you know, 75, 80% of the time has been pretty competitive. They've been, you know, finals in finals contention a couple of seasons and so you know there's there's a world where Kyrie still just hasn't found that fit or this is the right fit and it's taking time but you know I I think you're right on as far as you know there's still concerns you know and of course we'll be watching this and we'll have a chance to talk a little bit more in detail about um, the Mavericks they did struggle this past week we'll talk about that with our power rankings Um, yeah I think an important question is that yes. world you mentioned, is it flat or round? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, you always bring in the, the funny here. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to get to that question too at the end of the show, but um, for, <laughs> for now let's jump to the next game. Uh, so this is from Saturday's action, uh, a matchup of two MVP caliber players. The actually the two players that have won the last four consecutive MVPs um, two straight each for Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Denver Nuggets hosting the Milwaukee Bucks and the home team came out on top 129 to 106. Um NBA website says it was a route it quote nuggets route bucks in clash of first place teams route. Uh, I guess, I mean, 23 point advantage, although it was close through three two 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 and a half quarters nuggets took a big lead at the end of the third and then expanded it in the fourth. So I don't know about route to me, if it's a route, it's got to be, you know, like first quarter onward whole game. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, but definitely a big margin of victory. Credit to the Nuggets for getting a nice victory here. Um, 
for the Bucks, they had a, a strong game from Giannis, 31 points, nine boards, uh, four steals as well. Nice little uh, defensive numbers there. 13 each for three different players, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, and Grayson Allen. Um, and then 11 off the bench from Bobby Portis. So not a terrible game, but not a huge amount of scoring outside of Giannis. Meanwhile, for the Nuggets, uh, Jokic had 31 of his own, along with 11 assists and six rebounds. Uh, but they also got 26 points from Jamal Murray, um, 19 points from Michael Porter Jr. as well, and 11 each for Contavious Caldwell-Pope and Bruce Brown. So they have a little bit more scoring come out on top. Um Wyatt, I'll ask you if you have any comments for, for me, uh, pretty straightforward again, credit to the nuggets, good, you know, regular season matchup, maybe some intrigue as far as there's a chance that these two teams could face off in a final series, if that's how the, the playoffs uh, shape out, but otherwise um, not too much more to comment on. Do you have any thoughts on that before we jump to the next game? Um, I would just uh, give props to the coaching staff on the nuggets team. I feel like, you know, they've been really solid the last couple of years. And then whenever I see a game like this where a team comes out of halftime and really just takes off and runs away with the game, I feel like that's a, a real coaching uh, or an indicator of good coaching, good halftime uh, stepping in from the coaches and saying, here's what we need to do. Here's like their weaknesses. Here's our strengths. Go out, do this. And then, bam, you get a big win. So props to them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because Michael Malone, I wanted I looked this up to verify he has yet to win an NBA coach of the year award, even and he hasn't been in the league ultra long, but he's been a consistent coach with the Nuggets and Jokic and Malone combined. They've built a perennial high quality team in the NBA, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't won a coach of the year. So definitely, you know. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, huge credit. Making those kind of adjustments, that's a great sign for them, especially come postseason. That's going to be a huge factor, you know, outside of just talent. It's how well you can adjust to the other team. So, yeah, great point. Let's jump to that next game. This is another Saturday game. Three of the five games we'll talk about are from Saturday. Uh, this was the uh, Phoenix Suns hosting the Philadelphia 76ers, and the Suns came out on top 125 to 105. Uh ending a three-game losing streak that the Suns had been on prior. And this is kind of the same story as far as the flow of the game from uh, as compared to the last game we talked about. Close through two and a half quarters, Suns take a lead, and then they build the lead in the fourth. Um, but then NBA.com didn't – they didn't think this one was a route. The other one was a route, but uh, not this one apparently. <laughs> um, so we'll have to – anyways, for the – let's see, for the the Sixers – they had a great scoring game from Tyrese Maxey, 37 points, great percentages, seven rebounds. Um, he's played well for them all season. Um, and especially lately, seems like he's gotten a little bit more in their flow, 28 points, 10 rebounds for Joel Embiid. However, they were without uh, James Harden in this game and uh, 13 points from Debi Tobias Harris, not bad, but they didn't have um, a lot of balanced scoring. Meanwhile, the Suns, uh, they got 29 from Devin Booker, 17 and 13 rebounds from Bismack Biombo starting in place of DeAndre Ayton. Um, and then they had, uh, let's see, Chris Paul, 13 points, and then three players with uh, 10 or more points off the bench, TJ Warren, Terrence Ross, and Cameron Payne. So 
again, just a little bit more balanced scoring effort um, trumps the big scoring games from Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey individually as the Suns come out on top. Um, any, any comments there? Uh, I, I, I'm kind of the same as last game. There's not too much to comment on. I mean, the Suns have done a decent job holding things up in the absence of Kevin Durant uh, Sixers having just a bit of a slide, but um, still overall, not too bad. And you consider Harden's not there. Um, I'm not too concerned. Wyatt, not sure if you have any comments you want to add before we jump to that next game. No, not really. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Let's jump to the next game. Then we've got the uh, new Orleans Pelicans really getting it done this week. We'll talk about that with our power rankings as well as our MVP, uh, with a standout player for the Pelicans. But in this game in particular, the Pelicans go on the road in L.A. against the Clippers, and they come out on top 131 to 110. Uh, Quote-unquote, Pel- Pelicans demolish Clippers. So this <laughs> <laughs> that's the NBA.com take. And I'd say that's true, you know. Uh, Clippers never led in this game. Uh, Pelicans led by as much as 25 points. Huge game for them, especially in the Wild West playoff picture for the Clippers. Um, they're a pretty balanced effort. Uh, they were without Paul George, of course. He's out for the next while uh, with an injury. Uh, we reported that on uh, one of last week's shows. Uh, their high score was Bones Highland. He had 18.7 assists coming off the bench. Um, they had 15 from Eric Gordon. 14 from Russell Westbrook, 13 each from Batum, Zubats, 12 from Kawhi Leonard, only 12 points. He was 0 of 6 from 3, and then 11 points from Robert Covington. So um, kind of a bit of an off night for the Clippers. Meanwhile, the Pelicans were just red hot. Uh, Brandon Ingram and Trey Murphy III each had 32 points. Trey Murphy III had 10 three-pointers made on the game. Uh, Ingram added 13 assists. I'm sure a lot of those to Trey Murphy, but also to C.J. McCollum, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, and Jonas Valanciunas, 17 points, 13 rebounds, uh, 13 points off the bench as well for Josh Richardson. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Wyatt. Um we're getting some small shades of what we saw last year with the Pelicans where late in the season, the last, that one is a little bit bigger scale. You know, the last several weeks of the season, they pulled off a really great stretch run to secure a play in spot. They have a great play in, make their way into the playoffs and face off against the Suns in the first round. Seeing shades of that, of course, still without Zion, but they were without Zion last year when they did that. Do you think that the Pelicans can make another run like that? Um, uh, They're currently, let's see, I believe they're still outside of the play in. Oh no, sorry. They're eight. They're they're playing the Timberwolves as of right now. All right. Right now they'd be yeah, playing the Timberwolves for that seventh seed. Do you think that's going to sustain? Do you think the Pelicans are going to make that other, that, you know, Cinderella run part two or, uh, you think maybe once once was good and now it's going to kind of, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't know. It's, it's almost a too little too late situation. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously it's not record wise, but as far as like all of a sudden pulling together your team and being a great team, I don't know. Like you said, they did it last year. 
I I don't know. I I would err on the side of they're having a great week, and let's probably leave it at that. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think it's going to continue necessarily the rest of the season. Right, but it would be cool to see it continue. I like the Pelicans, and I think it'd be fun to watch them uh, progress and go through and play. Except for the fact that you know if they beat the Timberwolves and the Lakers beat the Thunder, then uh, they would be playing the Thunder and or the Lakers, and I want the Lakers to win. But <laughs> right, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I I think it'd be fun to watch, but I kind of don't think. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Ooh. I kind of don't think they will. Um, continue with this hot play right yeah and i'm i'm torn as well you know i may be you know just gonna be the the ultra optimist and say hey maybe they'll make that run again because again mm-hmm. you know last year's run did surprise a lot of people so it could be that same type of thing um i like their coaching staff i like what willie green has done but yeah it could be tough you know although they do have you know a great you know, depth, I think maybe the, the X factor that we're not, that I forgot to really mention and we're not considering is um, Jose Alvarado has been out the last couple of weeks, at least with an injury. And he was a big part, even though he's not a big stats guy, you know, he's kind of the heart of that team, especially last season in that play in situation. And so him being out, you know, they still might be all right talent wise, but it could be a different feel. So, yeah, I think it, it could be a tough road. But again, that's just another, you know, puzzle piece in this giant mix of the West play in picture <laughs> and and that craziness. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Um, and if Zion does come back, like you said, that's a big factor, too. Exactly. I mean, if they can lock in a play in spot, I think the. The best case scenario right now is Zion makes it back for like the last game of the regular season and is healthy enough to play in the play in tournament. Then, you know, they've got a pretty decent chance of being able to make it out of that play in tournament. But right. A lot of teams. uh, And again, you know, we're talking about this a lot. We'll continue to talk about it as the season goes. The season wraps up here in the next week or two. Um, Pelicans, Timberwolves and another team in that makes the Lakers. Um, And that takes us to our last game uh, for the five on five drill. The game yesterday, the Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers hosting the goal, the uh, excuse me, Chicago Bulls. um, And they lost at home to the Bulls, 118 to 108. And the Bulls have actually had a nice little run the last few weeks, um, despite LeBron James returning from injury. Um, So that was the good news for the Lakers. Unfortunately, they lost this game. Um, close first quarter then the bulls took off and never really looked back and they even had some taunting from patrick beverly did you happen to see that one why oh yeah i saw his <laughs> too small after his shot on over lebron how how tall is pat bev like six one six two and LeBron's i don't know six exactly. nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's not very big yeah and i saw him holding his nose the stink yeah you yeah know. I mean, he's that's his his shtick, and um, more often than not, I think it kind of works in its own way, you know. And I think that's fun for the the Bulls fans. So yeah, I you guess know, so fun for the moment. <laughs> Why doesn't had, have to be happy six about two. it? I just checked six two. Yeah, um, I've never liked Patrick Beverly. So I've been off and on. 
added to <laughs> <laughs> there's some times where i'm like you know i kind of i kind of like his his the way he does things and then there's other times where i'm like man i really don't like this guy yeah he's, he's gritty though i'll give him that yeah he's gritty he um he's a unique player he's a memorable player you know better yeah. than you know there, there's some guys in the league who just kind of you know they're solid players but after they retire you're gonna be you're gonna have a hard time remembering what did they exactly do with Pat Bev, you're going to be able to know exactly, okay, yeah, he was an irritant. He was yeah. a <laughs> defensive guy. True. Yeah, so he has an identity. But, um, yeah, nice win for Chicago, especially as they're trying to – I mean, they're they're pretty good standing as far as their play-in position, but they're just looking to further solidify that position uh, in, the, in the Eastern Conference, and they did that uh, well in this game last night. Uh, for the Lakers – Again, LeBron did return. He played uh, a little bit of limited minutes off the bench, but he still led them in scoring 19 points, eight rebounds. Um, So decent game off the bench in his return, 18 points each for Malik Beasley and Troy Brown Jr. 17 points for Dennis Schroeder and 15 for Anthony Davis, 13 for Austin Reeves, 15 for Anthony Davis. That's I know he needs to step up a little bit. Yeah, I, but I mean, he he did have a big game the game before this. I think more often than not, yeah. he's he's still been producing. So yeah, just more of an off game. Um, meanwhile, for Chicago, thirty-two points for Zach Levine. He's been on a tear the last couple of weeks. Demar Derozan, seventeen points, ten assists, and six rebounds. Uh, Thirteen for Kobe White, twelve for Andre Drummond, and ten for Pat Bev, along with five assists, four rebounds. Um. And that's really all I have to say. Again, we kind of talked Pat Bev already and, you know, it's good to see LeBron back. Although there's, you know, we don't know the exact specifics. We know that he has a foot injury and this was a earlier than expected return from injury in some senses. Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk of him maybe needing some sort of medical procedure, maybe even a surgery on the foot. And so if, I don't know the specifics, but that makes me a little bit hesitant, even though I'm all about, you know, play through it and, you know, guys sit out too much. But if you're talking about a guy who might have had to go through a surgery and now he's trying to play through it to slip into the play in picture, um, that would concern me. I don't know if you would agree with me, Wyatt, but um, yeah, that that is kind of concerning. But also maybe it's like a kind of like a you know, playing on it isn't going to make it any worse. Like it'll hurt, but you know that like maybe it's just a pain thing. Probably not going to make it worse by playing on it. So if you can tough it out, then we'll do the surgery in the off season, you know? Right. I don't know exactly what his injury is, but it might be something like that. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Um, So yeah, fair enough. And again, we'll, of course, it's good to see LeBron back either way. And again, the Lakers, uh, as they make that push, he'll definitely be helpful to that effort. Um, with that, that takes care of the five-on-five drill proper. However, as I briefly alluded to, we're going to cheat. I wanted to add a sixth game because I didn't want to take out one of these games. All six of these games were worth talking about. So we're we're going to do this. This is our bonus game. This is our true sixth-man game here. Um, and this is also from Sunday's action. This is the... Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves getting a big win on the road in Golden State against the Warriors, 99 to 96, thanks to a clutch shot from one Carl Anthony Towns. And this game yeah, had <laughs> had wild uh, 
play. It was back and forth, 11 lead changes, um, especially in the last few minutes. Um, there was one play I saw. I don't think it was in the final few minutes, but they um, like the Timberwolves have the possession. They're tipping it around. Uh, Kyle Anderson has barely any time to throw up a wild shot from deep and drains a three. And um, yeah, just, you know, as much as the Warriors have struggled, they've been, they've still been a very solid home team. And so this is a great win yeah. for Minnesota, especially in that play in chase uh, to get this win against the Warriors um, for the Warriors. They were led by Jordan Poole, 27 points off the bench, 20 points for Stephen Curry, along with nine assists, 15 for Clay Thompson and 12 for Draymond Green. Meanwhile, for the Timberwolves, they got 23 points off the bench from Nas Reed, who is maybe one yeah, of the most I know. <laughs> he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA right now. He's been stellar for Minnesota. Um 23 for Nas Reed. They got um 14 for Carl Anthony Towns, 13 for Anthony Edwards, 12 each for Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson. Anderson also had 10 rebounds. Uh Gobert, 10 points, 18 rebounds. Um Nice game for him. And of course, Towns, we mentioned he hit the game winning three. Um, the Warriors had possession. It looked like they had the chance to, um, you know, be the one to take the lead on a basket. Kyle Anderson steals it from Draymond. Uh, they push it ahead. Carl Anthony Towns in a transition three pulls up and drains it. And Warriors unable to answer and a big win for the Timberwolves. Um, let's maybe take that. Um, approach actually we'll probably need to check the standings first because right now the warriors are sixth in the west so actually that wouldn't work they wouldn't be facing each other in a playoff series unless it was like second round or third round of the playoffs where low seeds managed to win out but um so let's not take it that way but how potent do you think minnesota can be um as a play-in team. Cause I mean, we've seen this, this is the third year, I believe of this play-in uh, format. Um, we've had team, you know, we've had some intrigue in the play-in tournament itself, but those teams haven't really made a lot of noise in normal playoff series, at least not yet. Um, right. Do you think Minnesota has a chance to be that kind of a team or maybe do you think they have a better chance compared to some of these other teams in the the picture right now, the Pelicans, the Lakers, um, the Thunder, or do you think that they're kind of on par with some of those other teams? Um, I think at, for these teams, like it kind of comes down to a matchup situation. Like I think they're mm. all, uh, you know, similar levels as far as their ch- overall chance of success. But when I look at like, Timberwolves versus Pelicans, like, I don't know. It, they rely on Brandon Ingram, right? The Pelicans mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And this uh, Timberwolves defense, they have Towns, and he's, like, a pretty mobile, you know, not not necessarily, like, a ridiculous defender by any means. Yeah. But, but he's got the height on Ingram, uh, and he's a decent defender. And then you have Gobert, who Ingram's way faster and more mobile than Gobert, but Gobert's got crazy reach. So I feel like a Pelicans team might struggle a little bit more against the Timberwolves than, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like the 
uh, Lakers or the Thunder who have more of their, uh, you know, the Lakers have Anthony Davis, so not as big of a problem to face off against a big center. And the Thunder rely more on their point guards, so it's not like, I mean, Anthony Edwards is great and Mike Conley's great, but yeah. I don't know. I think it really comes down to matchups when it, we're talking about. That. Yeah. Well, and especially, yeah, that's really intriguing with that front court situation because Timberwolves are playing, especially for today's standards, a really big front front court. Yeah. And the Pelicans, yeah, Valanchunas, who's stout, but then Ingram's kind of in that four spot at the moment. And so that's mm-hmm. a great, great point. Yeah. Matchups can determine a lot of that. You know, really intriguing in this front court mix is the Thunder. They're starting the rookie, uh, Jalen Williams at center. Um, and I don't, I got to look this up right now because I've, I keep seeing it. And I feel like when I've seen his name that he's not a center, but I guess he's closer than I'm thinking. He's a 6'10", 240 power forward. So that's not terrible, but um, compared to some of those other guys, it's kind of an intriguing matchup, but yeah, these teams are pretty close. I would agree with you. And yeah, coming, coming down to the matchups, that's probably um, what it will boil down to. Um, So yeah, great, great point. And um, great win for Minnesota as this uh, chase, this play in chase continues to be crazy. Um, So that's our, our bonus game, our, our true sixth man. That's our, our six games we're talking about, but we have some bonus stats and facts from the other games uh, that we didn't have a chance to talk about more in depth. Firstly, on Friday, Luke Kennard had a big game. Uh, he had 30 points and 10 three-pointers off the bench um, in the Grizzlies' effort as they were able to clinch their the, a playoff berth in that game at home versus the Rockets. So that was a big game for him. On Friday as well, Joel Embiid had 46 points, but the Sixers still were uh, found a way to lose that game in Golden State against the Warriors. Um, on Saturday, of course, we've mentioned that we're both Y and I are Utah natives. We are jazz fans at heart. Um, I had to help, ha- you know, give props to our boy Walker Kessler here. This was a stat line from Saturday's game, 31 points, 11 rebounds, uh, a steal and a block. And he only missed two shots from the floor all game. So, um, great game for him. Wanted to shout that out. Um, again, it's remarkable looking at the season stats, Kessler compared to Gobert and how remarkably well the Jazz have done as far as Kessler filling that void in place of Gobert. So uh, props to him. He, he's been, yeah, he's been stellar. Finally, from Sunday, we have a trio of 40-point scorers. Uh, Luka Doncic had 40 in a loss in Charlotte against the Hornets. So the Mavs lost back-to-back games against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, definitely extra devastating uh, on top of their already tough week Um, on Sunday as well. Jalen Brown had 41 points and 13 rebounds in a home win versus the Spurs. And finally, Mikhail Bridges had 44 points in a loss in Orlando against the magic. So kind of odd. Two of those three 40 point scorers from the weekend uh, were in losing efforts. Yeah. Kind of an odd fact, but. We know that they were efforts, you know, <laughs> they, they tried. That's true. <laughs> they did their best. That's uh, we can't fault them for that. So um, otherwise, that is our 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 six men, the rest of our facts for that. And that'll segue us into our key news. All right. So the first thing is uh, we have some updates on the NBA's playoff picture as a whole. Um, 
again, I feel like we've talked about that a lot, but of course at this time of the year, that's the, the main thing we're all paying attention to. Um, we mentioned briefly that the Grizzlies, of course, clinched a playoff spot on Friday, um, but also the Cleveland Cavaliers clinched a playoff spot over the weekend play as well. So here's where things stand as far as playoff picture and uh, teams that have clinched spots and things of that nature. Uh, four Eastern Conference teams have clinched spots. That's the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, and Cavs. Your top four teams in the East are all officially in the playoffs. Meanwhile, in the West, uh, only two teams have clinched the playoffs, uh, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies, but both of them have also clinched their division uh, championship, if you will. Uh, the Nuggets have clinched the Northwest division and the Grizzlies have clinched the Southwest division. Um, and along with that, they've already clinched the playoffs as well. Um, only four teams so far have been officially eliminated. Those are the Rockets, the Spurs, the Pistons and the Hornets. However, we do have an update for tonight's games. The Sacramento Kings, we've talked about it all throughout the season, and it's finally has a chance to be official tonight. The Kings okay. can can clinch the playoffs with a win or either the Suns or the Clippers losing. So you got three separate chances tonight to clinch the playoffs, and again, you still got a lot of the season left. The Kings should clinch the playoffs. I still feel like... I can't guarantee it because I don't <laughs> want to be, you know, don't want to jinx it, but it's just going to be so awesome to have them back in the playoffs. And interestingly enough, I was reading uh, through this on some NBA. They were posting about this on their website. Um, the Kings of course have currently still have the longest active playoff drought soon to end. We imagine of 16 years. The last time they made the playoffs was 2006. Why? I'm curious your guess, the team that will replace them with the longest active playoff drought uh, once they clinch the playoffs. Um, maybe the Pistons. That's a good guess, but not, not the Pistons. You're close. Not the Hornets, is it? It is the Hornets. It is the Hornets. Okay. Yes. Six years. Their last postseason appearance was 2016. And it's just remarkable. Come on, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Mike. But no, seriously, <laughs> it's interesting because Sacramento had been so long. But after that, every other team has been relatively recently. I mean, 2016, is that's not ultra long. And... Even with that, they've been in, you know, play-in games where the Kings hadn't been in the play-in games yet. And so um, it's just remarkable how now with the Kings soon to clinch the playoff spot, every team in the NBA will have been recently in playoffs, which is kind of cool. I I was happy to see that uh, for their sake. So, um, yeah, so they have a chance to clinch tonight. And again, we'll keep you updated with these as the season continues onward. Um, we already mentioned, of course, LeBron officially returned last night versus the Chicago Bulls. Um, inverse news on the injury front. Uh, Joel Embiid will sit tonight in Denver against the Nuggets, um, dealing with that right calf tightness. So again, hopefully not too alarming, just rest rather than you know, sitting out with injury, um, but certainly something to keep updated on. That was supposed to be a matchup of MVP favorites. Um, Kendrick Perkins might have other thoughts on that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, apparently it's not meant to be, but, you know, of course we wish you all the best in getting that, you know, rested, um, getting back on the floor in uh, tip top shape. Uh, next, an interesting one. We don't really see this very often. Uh, so for the Dallas Mavericks last night, Luca was charged with a technical foul and that would have been his 16th technical on the season, which of course, if you accrue 16 technical fouls in a season, you're automatically suspended one game without pay. And for every two you receive after that, you are suspended an additional game. So 18 total techs, 20 and so on. Um, so he received a 16th tech. He wouldn't have he so he would have been suspended from uh, tonight's game. But the NBA uh, took it back. They rescinded that technical foul. And so he's still at 15. He's not suspended. And I'd have to go back and see what the technical was. But kind of odd. You don't really see them yeah. taking back texts like that. I actually saw the clip of the technical. Okay. And I, I actually don't know what he did. Like, I didn't really, at least in the clip I saw, I didn't really see him do anything. So I figured it was like, oh, he swore, like he swore, said something to the ref. Uh-huh. got on the technical. Because I, yeah, I didn't even see what happened. And maybe gotcha. it was just a bad angle that I saw, but. I was kind of confused too. Like, wait, what did he do? What did he do? So there gotcha. might be some merit to the rescinding it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. I would, I would imagine. Yeah. NBA looked back and probably like you said, we don't see enough to, you know, really warrant that, uh, that technical and the suspension that follows it. So yeah. Interesting note. Um, we have some unfortunate news for a former NBA player. Uh, center Eric Montrose has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, Montrose was a, a serviceable NBA player. He played for, I believe eight seasons. Um, before that he was a college standout at UNC, won a national championship with the Tar Heels, um, and certainly a valued member of the NBA family. So we're, we're, we're wishing him and his family the best, um, as he deals with this at this time, definitely a tough, uh, thing to situate, uh, to tough situation to deal with. And, uh, the NBA family as a whole, along with us, uh, we're certainly behind him as he faces that challenge. Um, next, we have a small transactional note. Uh, the New York Knicks uh, have signed guard Daquan Jeffries uh, to a standard contract for the rest of the season. He had been on uh, a couple 10 day contracts. So now he's going to play the rest of the season. And then finally, NBA wide news, um, Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram have been named NBA players of the week in the Eastern conference and Western conference respectively. So uh, congratulations to both of them for that honor. And we'll talk about them more with our weekly uh, MVP discussion, of course, in just a moment. Um, That being said, um, let's go ahead and jump to our game previews. So uh, the way we do this, we're we're talking Tuesday through Friday's games, the games to keep on marked on your calendar uh, for this upcoming week to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, I'm going to run through the the times, the matchups real quick. And afterwards, Wyatt and I are going to chat about, you know, which games we're excited to check out um, as the week progresses. And again, all of the times that I will give for these games are an Eastern Standard Time. So let's go ahead and get into it. Firstly, on Tuesday, we have six games total on Tuesday. And two of those are a TNT doubleheader. We're back with the TNT games Um there, the Turner Sports schedule has freed up a little bit now that March Madness is into the into the Final Four. So we're back with the TNT uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So, firstly at seven thirty, the Toronto Raptors will host the Miami Heat, and then at ten o'clock, the 
uh, New Orleans Pelicans will travel to Golden State to play against the Warriors. So those are your two uh, TNT games. Um, Heat Raptors, there's some play-in intrigue there. Um, matchups, you know, Adebayo versus Siakam, there's some intrigue there as well. Um, Pelicans Warriors, um, again, West playoff chase, um, but also Ingram, how hot he's been lately versus the Warriors at home. There's That should be interesting. On Wednesday, there's 10 games total, and we have an ESPN doubleheader at 7.30. The Philadelphia 76ers host the Dallas Mavericks. And then at 10 o'clock, the Minnesota Timberwolves are in Phoenix to face off against the Suns. Um, Luka versus Joel Embiid, there's every potential for that to be exciting for the extracurriculars. So we'll look out <laughs> for that. And then on uh, the, the Timberwolves... The 16th tech. Yeah, they, they <laughs> took it back, but we're going to give it right back to them in, in the coming days. But um, and then, yeah, the Suns Timberwolves um, we're still on the watch for Kevin Durant's possible return within the next couple of weeks. No updates really there, but maybe something to keep on the rad- radar. We'll have to see. I mean, LeBron's return came kind of out of nowhere, so maybe Durant could do the same. Um, and then an, another game to consider league pass at eight o'clock. On Wednesday, the Bulls are hosting the Lakers so we can have a rematch of Pat Bev versus LeBron. Maybe LeBron will take it personal. Um, We'll have to see what happens there on Thursday. Interestingly enough, we only have two games on Thursday and both of them are on TNT. They're your doubleheader for that day on 730 or at 730. The Milwaukee Bucks host the Boston Celtics. That one, of course, a marquee matchup. Your top two teams in the East, um, Tatum versus Giannis. That should be a great game. And then at 10 o'clock, the Denver Nuggets will host the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, That should also be a very exciting matchup. Finally, on Friday, we have 13 games total, uh, balancing out the minimal amount of games on Thursday. Friday, there's 13 games total. Two of those, your national broadcasts are an NBA TV uh, doubleheader. Firstly, at 8 o'clock, the L.A. Lakers travel to Minnesota to play against the Timberwolves. And then at 10.30, the Phoenix Suns host the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets Suns especially, of course, we had that playoff series a couple years ago. Uh, so there's a touch of a rivalry there, a recent rivalry. So that's a great one to watch out for. Um, we also have three league pass games that I think were all intriguing and worth considering for that Friday slate. Firstly, at 7.30, the Washington Wizards will host the Orlando Magic. At 7.30, the Brooklyn Nets will host the Atlanta Hawks. And then also at 7.30, the New York Knicks will travel to Cleveland to play the Cavaliers. Um, Again, all of these games have their own intrigue. Hawks and Nets very close in the East. Um, Curious what the new look Hawks with Quinn Snyder, you know, there hasn't been a huge change with him aboard. Um, Curious what they can do to close out the season. Same with the Nets. Can they keep up their position in the Eastern Conference? And then Knicks Cavs, um, you know, good Eastern matchup. The Donovan Mitchell, who we thought was going to New York and is now in Cleveland, you know, playing the Knicks. Um, There's some intrigue there. But again, those are just some other games to consider. And that rounds out our game previews. Wyatt, I'm curious, which of these games is jumping out to you as the most interesting? I mean, obviously the Celtics-Bucks game is probably the top of the list for basically anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But outside of that, 
the Timberwolves Lakers game is pretty intriguing because you know those that's two teams that are really uh you know they're both in a play-in situation both looking to really you know take what time they have left to try and improve their uh standings and so I think that'd be a fun game to watch mm-hmm. uh other than that you know yeah I would like to see LeBron bully uh Pat Bev a little bit so that would be an intriguing game and the Mavericks and Sixers game could be interesting too I would expect the Sixers to win that handily uh given the Mavericks slump but they also have been missing uh Embiid for the past couple games and you know if he's not back by then it could be a, a little more interesting than it would typically be that's true. Um, but again, they I think they are expecting they missed Harden for a couple of games as well. They're expecting his return tonight. Um, so that could still make that intriguing. Harden versus uh Luca, sort of a old versus new matchup. Right. Um, there's some intrigue there. No, I agree. Uh all those games should be great picks. Um and I'll I'll zero in on um that that Lakers Bulls game. Of course, I'm with you as far as LeBron taking it to Pat Bev, but also, you know, that Patrick Beverly would not stand down by any stretch. Yeah, that's why it'd be entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, he would would be going all out, and that'd be a great back and forth. And especially that they were teammates to start the season. That Mm -hmm. makes it even more interesting. So, yeah, I would highlight that one. Um, Timberwolves Suns is kind of interesting, too. I mean, you have uh, Anthony Edwards versus Devin Booker, two of the rising stars or Booker kind of already a, an established star at their at the shooting guard position. And so that'd be a great one. But again, there's something to watch for with all of these games. Um, the ones you pointed out, but also some of the other ones, you know, I'm excited for this week. I think it's going to be a great slate of basketball. You mentioned, of course, briefly the Mavericks uh, recent struggles. And I think that's a good segue for us to jump into our power rankings. Um, they're one of the biggest movers for both of us uh, in our power rankings and um as usual i'm gonna let wyatt kind of take this away he and i have a little bit of a differing approach but not too different especially at this point in the season um but Wyatt, you take it away i'm i'm interested to see your thoughts on the power rankings this season all right so my talk group stayed the same as they have been the past few weeks i've got bucks one sixers two and then celtics and then nuggets so, you know, the Sixers, kind of a debate on whether they should still be in two or whether the Celtics should have passed them given the, their records on the past week. But I kept the Sixers in that two position just because of the, um, you know, the, there was the injury or I guess the Harden and Embiid not playing, not necessarily due to real injuries, but. Right, uh, I felt like that factored in, and I still think you know end of season, especially with how Embiid's been playing this this year, I want to give them the edge that uh, in a playoff situation that they that they'll go farther. So that was my justification for leaving them, but you know it could go either way. There definitely it was a close a close debate between those two teams. Okay, uh, and then Grizzlies follow the Nuggets. They're in fifth. They moved up two, uh, passing the Kings and the Cavs. They had slid a little bit, given all the Morant 
uh, drama and then, you know, Morant returned and, you know, they, they really kept their strength during his uh, brief sabbatical, but yeah. they really turned it on this last week, you know, four and oh, so had to bump them back up to that two position uh, in the West. Yeah. Uh, fifth overall. I, I'm I'm totally with you. I mean, four and oh, yeah, Jaws back. They're looking fantastic. I am curious though. I mean, the Cavs didn't have a bad week themselves, three and oh. Yeah. And for sure. you have you have the Grizzlies jumping them. Of course, the Kings two and two. Totally fair that the Grizzlies jumped them. I'm curious why you have them moving ahead of the Cavs in that situation. Right. So the big thing is the Grizzlies were always above the Cavs for me prior to Morant's uh like dropping out for a little bit. Yeah. So once he returned and they, you know, had this great week, I felt like, okay, I better return them to their former position, which in my mind is better than the Cavs. Right. Uh, which, you know, the Cavs are a great team too, and I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Grizzlies, but overall I've Feel like the Grizzlies are a stronger team than the Cavaliers. Gotcha. And just Which a, a follow argued. up. Did did I make you repeat something that you'd already said? You were you already no. talking about that. Okay. I because nope. for a second I'm like, wait a minute. Did I just like gloss over that? Okay, we're good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Uh so then like Karsten mentioned, the Cavs moved down one to uh, you know, open up that spot for the Grizzlies in five. So Cavs are six. Kings are seven, um, but yeah, that's a tight group right there. Grizzlies through Kings is really tight. Uh, And then following the Kings, I have Knicks, Suns, and Heat not moving at all. Um, Now for some of our bigger movers, the Warriors moved up three spots, uh, passing the Clippers and the Nets, who both moved down one. Yep. Uh, you know, we've seen this season, the Warriors have been great at home, uh, not so much on the road, but, you know, so much playoff experience and championship experience on that team. I, I foresee them doing well in the playoffs. Yep. Other big movers, Lakers up three, Timberwolves up five and Pelicans up five, uh, winning records for all three of these teams. Timberwolves and Pelicans going undefeated. Uh, So, you know, kudos to them. Definitely the order that I have these teams in could be argued. And maybe it's some of my bias wanting the Lakers to be successful this year, having them above the Timberwolves and the Pelicans. Um, But, you know, I feel like between the Lakers experience and their star power, in a playoff situation, if they're healthy, I feel like they have the edge on the other two. Right. Yep, Mavericks dropped four because rough week. They went own four. Mm-hmm. Raptors dropped three and the Hawks dropped five, despite not really having bad weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they the Raptors were two and one and the Hawks were two and two. So really not bad weeks by them. They just uh I don't know. The other performances were a little more I guess stand out and got a bit of a bump, which forced mm-hmm. them down. Bulls went up one, Jazz moved down three, and then the bottom group is just 
all the same as has been the bottom. Jeez, eight teams didn't move for me. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, yep. That's fair a, enough. That's basically an update on my power rankings. There you go. I mean, I'm with you as far as that bottom eight. I did actually swap Spurs and Rockets. You already had them in there, so you were a little bit ahead of me on that. But yeah, Spurs have a slightly better overall record than the Rockets. Both went uh, winless this last week. It doesn't really make much of a difference, but otherwise bottom eight, similar to Wyatt, pretty much the same. Um, And yeah, top group, I kept Celtics ahead of the Sixers um, simply because of the kind of season long aspect. You know, the Celtics were at the top for so long and they fell and they're kind of, they've kind of made their way back. Um, It's taken a bit of time, but you know, Sixers have fallen a bit, you know, they're very close. You know, if I could do a tie for second, I would do Celtics and Sixers. Um, But otherwise, you know, Celtics were three and oh, Sixers were one and three felt like I should give the Celtics the edge in that one. Um, But still bucks, number one, Nuggets four, so Wyatt and I are pretty close there. I mean, it's hard to really argue any other team should be in that top four group. Those four have really kind of separated themselves. Um, For me, I kept, I moved the Cavs and the Grizzlies up with their great records and dropped the Kings down. Um, But again, those those three are all kind of close, like we've talked about. Um, I kept the the Nets in my top ten. I know that they fell in your top ten, but um. You know, despite an off week, they went one and three. They still have enough of an a lead over some of those other teams in the East um, that I feel like they were able to hold off a top 10 spot. You know, they fell one spot. The Heat moved past them, but they're still in my top group for the time being. Now, again, there's every chance they can fall out of that group. Um, and then that middle pack, you know, I mentioned last week when we did our power rankings, I had a little highlight on our, our spreadsheet around that crazy play in playoff chase. And I did the same this week, but I've expanded a a bit because, you know, seeds at one point in time, the fourth seed and the 12th seed in the West were separated by two or three games, which is wild. You know, it's hard to think of another time that's really happened in recent memory. So sons and warriors are still kind of part of this mix. Suns stay at 11, Warriors move up a couple. Uh, similar to Wyatt, my big movers were the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, and the Lakers. Timberwolves and Pelicans moved up as many as six spots each. Uh, huge jump for them. Conversely, the Mavericks, again, 0-4, they fell seven spots. They had a free fall this week. Um, and outside of that, again, Wyatt and I are pretty comparable Raptors and Hawks, despite not having terrible weeks, they both fall um, just because of what other teams are able to do. Um, I'm not sure I really have much else to add as far as, you know, how Wyatt and I differ because we're pretty close on the key points. I mean, Nets could be an argument as far as my Nets ranking is higher than Wyatt's, but overall we're kind of on the same page. And again, as we get close, you know, to the very end of the season, these become harder and harder to, you know, really dispute. I mean, you have some points where, you know, some teams can be shuffled around, but things kind of get set in stone uh, more often than not. And so 
So that's my power rankings. That's our power rankings as a whole. And um, as always, of course, we will post these on our Instagram page. Now seems like a good time to plug that real quick. Um, if you want to check that out, that's crossover across time, all one word on Instagram. We share content from the show along with uh, doing our best to share stuff from across the NBA. So that in conjunction with the podcast itself, great way to stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA as a whole. Um, and of course, to, uh, this week's power rankings will be posted there uh, after the end of this show, along with our posting for our weekly MVP. So let's go ahead and jump into that discussion. We'll pull up our weekly MVP candidates. Um, each week we pick 10 players to choose from who have had standout weeks. Of course, we look at stats like points and rebounds and assists. Um, percentages are also nice, but we also really like to focus on winning basketball. All the players we pick have winning records in the week. And usually we like to see good plus minus and uh, and things like that. So here's our weekly MVP candidates for week 23. We have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Brandon Ingram, Nicole Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Herter, Pascal Siakam, Zach Levine, and Stephen Curry. Um, honorable mention to Anthony Davis. It was between him and Steph Curry for that 10th spot. Um, excuse me, decided to go with Curry. Uh, Davis had played just a few less games um, than Curry. So I got, gave the nod to Curry, but both had great weeks. Um, we'll give him a mention, but we'll include Curry as our one of our 10 candidates. Um, as usual, Wyatt, who jumps out immediately to you as uh, a name that you'd like to see in our top group for an MVP type selection? Yeah, so two jump out to me, Ingram and Jokic. And honestly, like on at first glance and kind of the uh just kind of quickly scanning the stats, I don't feel like there's a lot of competition to those two. I feel like it's kind of those two and then a big drop to I mean, big is relative when we're talking about, you know, MVP candidates cuz of course they all played phenomenally, but yeah. That I feel like those two have a healthy lead on the other candidates in my mind this week i would agree honestly you know and um i think i would lump in jalen brown with that mix he had a pretty great week too but outside of that i mean a lot of these guys had still great weeks but yeah ingram Jokic, jalen brown maybe a third those would probably be our top three and Wow, we're we're just coming right out of the gates here, Wyatt. We're <laughs> <laughs> I know chopping it down right Not away. Messing around, <laughs> not messing around. We've so we've got our three names. So we've got we got Ingram, we've got Jokic, we've got Brown. We're kind of already limiting to that. Wyatt, maybe let's talk about why we've picked them, why they stand out among our yeah. our stats here. Sure. So I'll uh, just kind of briefly mention why Ingram and Jokic stood out to me. So Ingram, uh, of course, led. You know, the Pelicans to 3-0 uh, mm-hmm. this past week who, you know, they're a team that's that they've been struggling lately. Every win is super important for them as they're fighting for, you know, that play in position. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out and he has 10 assists, that, uh, you know, per game this last week to two turnovers. So a huge assist to turnover ratio for him which is super impressive 
and then great percentages shooting, you know, 52 and a half from the floor, 46% from three and a hundred percent from the free throw line, uh, plus minus of almost 20, uh, play, averaged 33 minutes per game, you know, did averaged a third of a steal and a third of a block per game. So not like crazy defensive numbers, but, but did some of everything, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then boards was kind of not crazy but still getting 6.3 boards per game. And Jokic is right in the same vein. And they they basically both averaged 31 points. Ingram had 0.3 more points than Jokic, but basically the same there. Jokic mm-hmm. had an edge on rebounds, uh, getting nine instead of six per game. And then he got one less assist and half a more turnover. Like he, he was nine assists and two and a half turnovers as opposed to Brandon Ingram's 10 and two. But basically you know, a, a very similar assist to turnover, turnover ratio that was phenomenal. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, with that, you're kind of getting granular and yeah. You know, so yeah, that's fair. Exactly. So, and he got more steals. He got two steals per game instead of 0.3. And then again, phenomenal percentages, 61 from the, from the field, 33 from three, 94 from free throw line. So, and then 23 and a half plus minus. So, you yeah, know, phenomenal performances by both of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now you mentioned the plus minus. That's something that really stood out to me compared to other weeks. I mean, we usually have guys that have good plus minus, but the number of guys, I don't know if we've ever had seven, eight guys with 10 plus, you know, plus yeah, no. minus <laughs> for each game. Um, and especially our top group that we've already kind of cropped out. They're like 19 to 20 uh plus minus average across their games which is phenomenal for each of them um yeah jalen brown again i think he kind of fits that mold about 32 points a game eight rebounds nearly four assists um turnovers a little higher not as stellar with the defensive stats but you know percentages were still solid um and a good plus minus and a great team record and and again he's more kind of you know honorary third player pick um, as we talk through the stats and as you've talked through Ingram and Jokic's stats, um, that kind of solidifies, you know, his third place kind of a role in this conversation. Um, and, and again, credit to all these guys. They had great weeks. We don't mean to discount them so quickly, but we just kind of locked in on, you know, two guys that we feel really uh, epitomize our weekly MVP. And that's going to be Ingram or Jokic. And um I'll go ahead and voice my vote now. I'm going to say I would go with Brandon Ingram, um, you know, and it's especially the assists. You know, we don't really think of him as a playmaking type of player. He's usually, you know, a scorer with some great height, maybe can grab some boards for you, but um, great percentages with his scoring. And he was a distributor at a, at a phenomenal clip too. You know, you mentioned the assist to turnover ratio and um, you know, that's kind of the thing, especially as we get to the end of the season, you know, players who can contribute to their team in new ways and, you know, bring to the team what's needed to, to whatever's needed to win games that really stands out to me. And so I would go with Ingram, uh, Wyatt, I'm curious if you had to pick Jokic or Ingram, who are you going with? Yeah. Ingram's definitely my vote too. You know, he played an extra game that they won. They they both had undefeated records, but Ingram was three and zero versus Jokic and the Nuggets were two and zero. So, you know, that's an edge there, you know, the little bit better assist to turnover ratio um, and, you know, 
percentages. Uh, you know, Jokic was better overall from the field, but Ingram had a pretty substantial lead from the three and then shooting 100% from the free throw line. I think he's uh, definitely my vote as well. Yep. I no, I I of course I agree with you. Should we uh should we go ahead and lock that in? Maybe one of our fastest MVP picks we've had. <laughs> I know. Not, well, I mean, yeah, like the second I pulled it up, our our list of candidates, I was like, wow, Ingram and Jokic kind of blow these guys out of the water this week. <laughs> Again, in a relative term, but right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they all had great weeks, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and lock that in. You good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay, also, we're locked. Oh yeah, go ahead. I I got a comment on uh you know. Last week, those of you listeners kind of got a laugh as the universe mocked me as I pointed out offensive rebounds and the (laughs) and I just got to say this week, I was paying attention to that as we went through our, uh, you know, our five on five drill and our sixth men that was unusual last week okay <laughs> it the, didn't happen the highest was... i saw this week was four offensive rebounds and there it was we go. four of go bears 18 total so <laughs> those eight offensive rebounds that for some reason like five people happened to pull in last week that was unusual <laughs> i almost think if you hadn't said anything then those stats wouldn't have happened you know what i mean like even though it was yeah, after yeah. the fact like <laughs> The, the universe just worked out that way. So that, that's why I waited till the very end of the show to bring it up this time. So some random just stats didn't pop out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you had said it at the beginning, it would have been yeah. like, you know, Jokic was 10 offensive rebounds or something. Like exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. That was, that was a good moment. And I'm glad that you, that things have returned to normal. Um, we're definitely glad to see that. But um, again, yeah. Congratulations. Brandon Ingram, I'm I'm not writing the name right now simply because again I'm holding the the fancy microphone, so I will be sure to write the name after the show. But congratulations to Ingram, uh, Brandon. If you want to pick up your trophy, uh, feel free to do so. Um, give us a call first so that we can be sure we're in you know at the apartment when you come by to pick it up. Um, but otherwise, congratulations. With that, let's go ahead and move to closing the show. Before we do our this day in history. I had a a stat that I wanted to, or, you know, some info that I wanted to read off. We were talking about Luca's technical foul um, and that being rescinded. And there's a list that the NBA website has of guys that are close to that 16th technical. Um, And I just wanted to give those to you so you can be on technical foul watch for this week. (laughs) Something we're not usually aware of. Dylan Brooks is already hit 18 so he's already been suspended for two games draymond has hit 16 so he's been suspended a game lucas 15 as well as trey young the two guys that were traded for each other on draft day in their draft class they each have 15 techs and anthony edwards has 13 outside of those five no one has more than 11 so those are your five that are in risk of potential suspensions so something fun to keep in mind with that let's go ahead and do our this day in history fact. So this day in history, we're going back to 1994, March 27th of 1994. Magic Johnson returned to the Los Angeles Lakers, not as a player, but as a head coach and led them to a 110 to 101 victory over the Milwaukee Bucks. Johnson coached the Lakers for the last 16 games of the 1993 to 1994 season, posting a five and 11 record. Um, The Lakers and 
the 94 season were not that great. So, <laughs> um, but it's just interesting because of course we, we know magic played for the Lakers and briefly recently held a position within their front office type role, but um, he coached for, uh, you know, 16 games or so for the Lakers and was not the coach next season. That was, that was it. That was all he coached. So hmm. kind of an odd one. It, it's fun to, yeah. fun to note that. But um, with that, I think that takes care of our show for today. Wyatt, any closing remarks before we wrap things up? Um, Thanks for listening. I, I would be interested to hear like listeners thoughts if they want to comment on our Instagram post this week or something, but how how do you think Embiid sitting out against the the Nuggets is going to affect the the MVP run and the the conversation between Jokic and Embiid because that that might be a interesting thing that you know maybe not intentionally statisticians and vote uh, voters look at but it is kind of hard to you know maybe vote for Embiid when <laughs> you fa- get all excited to watch the matchup and then it doesn't happen. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah. If you uh, are listening out there, you want to come on to that, we comment on that. We definitely welcome that. Um, Of course, it'd be just in time tomorrow. Tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about the award races. That'd be a great time to to get some some listener feedback on their thoughts for the MVP race, along with a a slew of other award chases. So um, yeah, definitely reach out if you want to chat with us about that. Um, I'll echo Wyatt. We thank you all for listening. Um, We'll be back with you on tomorrow's show and uh, we'll see you then. 